0: Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. I'm here, Steve Woodrow, inviting you in on this incredible Easter. He is risen. He has risen indeed. And this is Brian Matthew, our children's pastor. Brian, what do you got for the folks here just as far as how to in, get involved with us this morning? Yeah, uh,
1: Glad that you are joining us. Uh, we do want to interact with you. Um, we n- realize that you can't be in-house with us, but we, you are in your house. And we want to hear from you. We want to engage with you. Um, so we actually have a text hotline. It's a text number for the church. Uh, that number is 970 717 Zero zero eight seven. And at any point during the service, if you have a question, a comment, a prayer request, uh, go ahead and send a text to that number. It's also down in the description of the video in case you, uh, you forgot it. Um, and we'll do our best to, to interact with that uh, during the service. Um, also, while you're looking at the description of the video, um, I know you guys are watching it on YouTube right now. And we uh, have switched over to YouTube to enhance our streaming process. Uh, but YouTube has a few features that. Uh, We're only allowed to utilize if we have a certain number of subscribers. So it actually does us a really big favor. If you can take five seconds, literally five seconds, look at that red button that says subscribe and click it. Uh, That'll help us out just with streaming and down the road.
0: Fantastic. Love that Easter tie, man. It's looking good.
1: Thanks. Don't get to wear it too often,
0: but today for (laughs) sure. And uh, I just want to point out, too, those of you with small kids, uh, Brian's doing some amazing stuff. We just saw a little bit of the video he put out there today. I think it's Eastern Puppets or something, but uh, just a great, uh, great tool for parents with young kids to use. Uh, If you're not getting those, please just let us know. Uh, Text in. Call us here at the church. We'd love to get you. They're putting out some really great stuff that you can use uh, at home with, uh, with all the kids. So that's really great stuff. So again, thank you for joining uh, us uh, on this wonderful Easter, this Resurrection Sunday. We know, obviously, this is an ongoing tough time, and I just want to address this before we dive into uh, John chapter 11 this morning. I just want to address... Uh, the, the issues that are going on out there I've been talking to so many people Obviously more and more people are struggling With uh, with just uncertainty Whether it be with their work, finances uh, Talking to a lot of parents they're Trying to balance this whole idea of being a parent And, and having to be the teacher too And just how to manage everybody in the household uh, And then the folks who are living uh, alone I heard from someone this week that they are alone living alone they don't uh in, in an apartment alone and and, and the comment was when, when's the next time i'm going to get a physical touch you know a hug a handshake whatever it is and i just want to speak to all of those of you who are out there watching thank you for tuning in we want to bring some hope some encouragement this morning in uh in what jesus has done for us and uh r- drill in on this uh, wonderful easter uh, sunday um it's amazing. This week, they've let us know, uh, or I think I heard Friday, that they believe this the coronavirus that our, this pandemic we're in is actually supposed to be spiking actually today on Easter Sunday. Uh, lots of talk out there. There's lots of fear. We look at numbers and the numbers of deaths and all that kind of stuff, and there's this fast track to try to find a a vaccine and everything, which absolutely, we need to be praying for that. We need to be praying for our healthcare workers, for the scientists, the doctors to, to get as quick as we can the testing and the vaccine and Uh, these things to uh, help help stop this as well as in the future but what we really want to drill in on this uh, Easter Sunday is the issue of death is what no one is really talking too much about is the cure for death is there a cure for death and that is what we celebrate here what Jesus has done not only he's brought a cure but he's brought a whole new life he has defeated the power of death for us That is good news because if the power of death is destroyed, it means all things are possible for us for life and on into eternity. Uh, And so this amazing Sunday when, hey, the churches around the world actually are are empty. But remember, it's, it's not the building that defines the church. The building never defined the church. We're defined by an empty tomb. And the church is defined by the community, the family of God that is circled up around the reality of Jesus' death, His burial, and His resurrection. So it's that idea of an empty tomb. It's the idea of our Lord, what He has done for us in defeating the power of death that we celebrate this this Easter Sunday. And so to build upon that, what I want to talk about this morning is this uh, amazing truth I think that will be so helpful for us in that... Jesus came His death, burial, and resurrection. It wasn't just to change our life. It was a lot more than that. It is an exchanged life. Jesus offering his life to live within us. It's not just uh, some historical thing that we believe intellectually. But to follow Jesus is an exchanged life. It is a whole new life. It's a new birth into life with God where the Spirit of God lives inside our soul and we walk with him. And that's what we want to celebrate is it's not just a change life that Jesus calls us to. It's an exchange life. It's Jesus living inside us and through us. And why this is so important is because, boy, when we try to do this on our own, religion, and even when we think, I just need to change my life, uh, it's a whole different avenue than it is to really understand and to be in partnership with God who's living inside us and trusting Him, right, to make those changes. I want to just open our time up with a question. And so, what kind of life does Jesus expect us to live and experience in light of his death, burial, and resurrection? What kind of life does Jesus expect us to live and experience in light of what he has done for us? Now, immediately, if you're like me, my mind goes to, well, I haven't been doing this very well, is that I immediately start thinking about what I how I'm not meeting the mark, or I'm sure I'm disappointing God, or whatever it is, and all those things will hold us back. The, the, the message of Easter, the message of his death, burial, and resurrection uh, is for, uh, to, for us to t- lean into him right, so that we can truly live this, live this life, um, and it's not, again, about our forcing, trying to make our own self-efforts in this It is understanding this whole new life that Jesus offers us to come and live in us and through us. And this is a key to the Christian life. Otherwise, we remain in in bondage and we don't lay hold of that abundant life. So my prayer, our prayer this morning is that this message out of the Gospel of John chapter 11 When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead is that it is going to awaken in all of us this great sense of what Christ has done for us, what he offers us, what the Christian life is all about. Our response to his death, burial, and resurrection is an exchange life. It is, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he says it perfectly. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm living, but it's now Christ who lives in me. And I hope that that truth overwhelms you this morning, and that you meet with God in your living room, in your apartment, wherever you're watching this from, with your whole family, do you understand the vast love of God and what He's done for us, this exchange that's taken place. So I hope you have your Bibles uh, with you, and maybe your journals ready to open to John 11 as we journey in this wonderful story this morning. Also, we are going to end uh, our Easter service together just in taking communion. When Derek uh, ends, uh, closes us with the last song, he's going to lead us to the table. So if you're at home and you'd like to just gather some grape juice, wine, and some crackers of bread and, and partake with us just to celebrate together, feel free to, to do that uh, as well. But I'm going to start in John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord and uh, uh, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, that just doesn't make sense. Right, in the sense of here you have Jesus, his best friend, one of his best friends, Lazarus, who he deeply loved. He loved this family. He regularly communed in their household during his ministry years. Um, and, and he gets word. He's with his disciples, they're a long way from Bethany at the time. And he, he gets the word that his his friend is is on his deathbed. And Jesus' response to this, first of all, is said, This illness is not going to result in. This is for the glory of God which is a complete different perspective than everybody else watching or everybody else involved in the situation, whether back with Lazarus on his deathbed or his disciples with Jesus. And then when they tell him is that he remains, he doesn't even hurry off, you know, quickly to, to run back there, but he, he remains to. and he even say why, He remains two days. It just doesn't make sense, his response. And folks, when we talk about this exchange life, laying hold of this life, this new life, it begins right here. It's learning to live by faith. And by faith, I mean not not just believing something not just going to church not just having a set of beliefs but it is faith is something it's a trusting in God it is a, a radical rebirth into a relationship with God where we are depending on God to give us wisdom and especially when things don't make sense is that we're to lean in with faith and trust God. And boy, we're in the midst of this COVID-19 issue. Things just aren't making sense. Times are uncertain. It calls for God's people to live by faith. And what that means is having a whole different perspective on things um, of what's happening to realize that God is always usually delaying. I think in in my own life, when I think about it, when I read all the stories of Scripture, I, I see, wow, God is always, it seems late Though he's never late, it's just on his perfect time in this. And, and he requires us to live by faith. And he does this so that we'll learn. This is what Jesus is telling the disciples. I'm glad I wasn't there. So that you might see the glory of God. And so in times like this, what it means to lay hold of this new exchange life, it's not just some principles, not just some change that I need to do in my life to line up with God. It's exchanging my control, my agenda for what time that things should happen, how soon this COVID thing should be over with, or what God should be doing here. Faith is submitting myself, my agenda, my control, my expectations to God. Lord, I don't understand what's going on here but I trust you that your timing is perfect and that help me see what you're doing. Help me see so that you may get the glory in the midst of whatever is going on. That's what it means to live by faith, to learn to live and let the life of God, his agenda, his timing, it's a whole new way of living, of walking with God. And sometimes it means just, just, it doesn't make sense what God is doing. It doesn't make sense what's going on here. But here's what's important. In those times of uncertainty is that we are to press in we're to continue to press and to ask, to seek, to knock, to trust God that He will lead, that He's at work, and He's going to show us right, how to response. The wrong response is to basically blow it off. When things are uncertain, when things don't make sense at all, is that we move on, is that we try ourselves to force something to happen. Um, and all that does is lead to unbelief. And this is why, primarily, all through Scripture, God delays He delays and and causes us to go into a place of frustration. Why things aren't happening in my timeline is because it's a test of faith. It's the only way that he can grow this, this life, this exchange life, this dependence on God and the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's also, it exposes unbelief. When we're put under pressure and when things don't make sense is that it exposes in our life and others unbelief if we respond not with faith. And so part of this, as we get into this, man, we need to learn. We need to press it. What does it look like, Father? What does it look like to walk by faith? Even and especially when things just don't make sense, right? Remember, Jesus, the life he's calling us to, it's not uh, uh, about changes that we need to make in our life. It's something far greater. It's an exchange life, his life for my life. The second thing here to look at, let me just read on in the text for us. Picking up in verse um, 7 of John chapter 11. It says, "Then after this, he and his disciples, he said to them, Let us go to Judea. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Now, what does that, that passage mean? It's, it's kind of a, a complex passage. Again, and let me just say this, uh, this I think really important for us. We're, we're in an in a era, shall we say, of, of Western civilization where we want things to make sense and understand, and it clashes with a life of faith. Because we want to be in control. We want answers to our questions. We want things to make sense. We're Westerns. We're logical, uh, empirical people. And, And we hear this all the time in the church. Hey, we just need some practical things to do. That is very important. But let me just throw this out because it's absolutely critical for us to understand. Faith does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Walking with God doesn't make sense. For me, for you to learn to walk with him with a vibrant faith uh, in in life, it means we have to trust him. We have to trust him and we can't just, it's not about here's five steps to help this, here's three steps to help that, here's some practical help to help that area of life. Sure, those things are important, but the life of faith is much bigger than that. The life of faith means I have to, alone before God, wrestle Wrestle with my soul before God and wrestle with my faith. Who am I leaning into? And and look at Jesus' his parables and how he spoke. He did not make things simple and easy to understand on purpose so that he would force us to who are really hungry those who want to hear from him to pursue him and to wrestle to seek to ask to knock it's not just oh write down that that simple step so i think it's very very important for us to understand the journey of faith and that leads us to this uh, second thing which is don't waste our life don't waste all, the days are evil And what Jesus in this last statement where he he makes this uh, comment about if anybody walks in the night, he stumbles um, because the light is not in him. What is Jesus meaning by this? It leaves the the disciples. Remember, if you read the gospels, half the time the disciples are clueless what Jesus meant and what he was saying. And he's doing this to well up a hunger to keep pursuing God for more revelation. It's not the insta-drive-through, God, give me an answer or help me understand this is people bail out way too quick. Walking with God, big delays, big storms, big wilderness is trusting him, and he brings the, he promises, he brings the revelation in his time for those who are genuinely hungry, as Jesus said, who don't live just on bread alone, but on every word that comes right from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy 8, and Jesus repeats that in his, in his own um, temptation, but, but don't waste our life. Is Jesus lived with a sense of urgency, right? This whole passage about the light and dark, all through the Gospel of John, is he he contrasts this light and darkness. It goes all the way back to Genesis, and Jesus used that to talk about his ministry while it is still light. We must work. It's urgent that we get the light out because all of history, history is moving towards this clash between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world, between light and darkness. And God, Jesus, is returning. So for God's people, we should have this growing sense of urgency in life because the king is coming. The king is coming. And we should live with a sense of urgency in the midst of time is short. Uh, time We talk about time flies by all the time. We look up and, man, where did those years go? And I woke up and my, my, my hair was gray, right? Out of, of course, Michelle's been saying that it's been gray a long time. But another analogy was we wake up and we say, hey, well, where are the kids? I, I, they're in college. How did that happen? I can't even remember holding my kids in, in my arms when they're young. Time goes quick, and Paul tells us in Ephesians five, the days are evil. Be careful how you live. Use it well. Let's not waste our life. And this is what Jesus was getting across in this passage to disciples: is we, this is urgent. And remember, Jesus didn't let his urgency move him too quick. He rested in the timing of God, but there was a sense of urgency, a sense of purpose in life. That needs to be restored today. Among God's people today, there needs to be a rising up, right, and to understand that we live in a dark, fallen world. Mankind is incapable of fixing the world and our issues. That should be clear from the history of the world. Jesus has come. Right, to conquer the power of sin, the power of death, to provide this time of grace that all people, every tongue, tribe, and nation would come to a saving faith in Jesus. And it is up to his church. We're called to be the light in the world. We're called to, to move towards darkness with the light and bring the goodness of God who, who conquered death and set people free from the fear of death. Um, we were just talking in between uh, the services here this morning just about even walking around town. As you can see, even this week, in passing people on the on the sidewalk, fear, just radical fear in people's eyes. They, they were so fearful they didn't even talk to me, they even say hi because they, maybe they think that just talking you're going to you know, transfer something, is there's a real sense of fear. And uh, for God's people, it, it, there needs to be a sense of joy in that. There should be a sense of light in that, a sense of sharing right with, um,
1: with each other uh, this, this awesome thing that God has done for us. You got something? Yeah, we got a question yeah. coming. Uh, is it you'd reference that Jesus doesn't allow his urgency to rush him? Like can you elaborate more on that? What does that look like for us? You know, feeling a sense of urgency. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um I I struggle with this because if
0: I if I know something if something's wrong or, or God's delaying is I I just I gotta do something. Let's do something. Let's speed this up. Let's whatever it is. And you don't ever see Jesus ever in a hurry. Amazing. I mean, never you see him in a hurry, but he was urgent, he was clear, he was, just like what we just read here, he was razor in tune with the Father's heart of a, of a clear plan. And, and these three years of his final ministry, boy, he took advantage of every opportunity he had. So it's possible to live with this sense of urgency, this sense of calling in life, my purpose in life, but not um, move to a place of busyness or, or, or imposing on God what I want to see, a timing, right? There's a sense of, of time of resting, waiting on God, but I can still remain urgent. Remember, Jesus says all over the place, when I return, will I find faith? Will I find my people faithful, even if they're not getting what they asked for? Will I find them faithful, trusting God, on expecting God to do something right and, and move in, in the midst of things? So uh, I think that there is this wonderful blend of, of urgency, right it is the time is of the essence just what we see in the scriptures here is uh it's urgent and folks colossians 1 13 jesus it says he's delivered us from the domain of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom right um, the father has done this he's delivered us from the domain of darkness delivered us into the kingdom of his son the kingdom of light this is an exchange that's taken place his light for our darkness that we can now walk in this darkness and he says we're to be the light the church is to be the city the light on the hill Uh, in this dark world. So remember, the uh, uh, COVID-19 virus, this is one of a thousand pandemics that have, from the history of the world, that have taken place. Plagues have been here, and they're gonna be with us moving into the future. All of these things, Scripture says, these are birth pains. The earth itself is groaning because it's fallen and because it's longing for the redemption, the restoration of this earth. History's moving toward this, this clash of light and darkness. Um, in in uh, life, and so we must not waste time. You must have, gr- uh, have an awakening among God's people in our lives of a sense of urgency of what God's called us to do, shine the light, to, to not, uh, um, to miss opportunities to be the light to a neighbor, to a friend, to a coworker, to someone that comes to our mind. Um, and I think especially right now, we said earlier, today they say is gonna be the peak of, of, uh, of deaths of, of this of this pandemic. Uh, and folks, it's it's time for us to intercede. That, oh God. Um, Would you intercede Your resurrection power Would you intercede Your grace and your mercy Even in this very moment Those who are breathing tubes Those who are struggling Those who are dying And their family Can't even be close to them Lord May you please shine Your mercy and your grace Into those hospital rooms Into those family rooms That are desperate and, And are lonely May your grace shine Upon the medical workers Lord Many of them know you Let their light shine In the midst of a really challenging Challenging situation we trust you with that lord pray that you'll pray that you'll do that right so don't waste our life don't waste off the days are evil right this is what the scripture says and uh, we need to redeem these these and take advantage so this is part of this exchange life is having a whole new perspective he gives us light for our our darkness and without this we just get consumed in the world we get consumed by the world's process that somehow we as mankind are going to to, to fix the problem, we're not. And it uh, doesn't mean we don't work with every bit of effort we have to, to improve things. Of course we do. But it's the bigger picture that God calls us into. So again, <clears throat> Jesus, the life he calls us into, it's not to just change something in our life. It's something much greater. It's an exchange life, his life for our life that we might walk and have him living inside us. So let me read on uh, for us in scripture. Here picking up in verse... Um, Ten, eleven. 11, excuse me. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, "'Let us also go, that we may die with him.'" Now, when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, "'Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died.'" And so this is one of the most beautiful passages. Jesus is pretty razor sharp here. Folks, resurrection is not just something on Easter Sunday that we celebrate some historical event. Yes, that is true what Jesus did. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the second person of God. He is the life. He is the one that brings to us in a relational context, when we invite him and confess him in our heart as Lord and Savior, he brings resurrection power by the presence of his Holy Spirit. He defeats the power of death, the power of fear, the power of sin right in our lives that we might walk with him in this exchanged life, his life inside of me. And what this passage, what Jesus is saying here when he says, I'm the resurrection, the life, two things here. One, again, is that he has exchanged our death, our lostness, Our death, separation from God, he's exchanged that for his life, for for a covering, a resurrection. As he was raised from the dead in that tomb, so will we. Our physical bodies will be raised one day. And he's the life. What he's saying here is that he's exchanged his life for our life, our life of living in this world. That now, even now, the second we put our faith in Jesus, we can start walking in eternal life itself. And we see again, as I mentioned earlier, Galatians 2.20, Paul laid this out pretty clear. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And so this third point, when we talk about experiencing the changed life, is let Jesus live in us. I think too often times in the Christian life is Jesus is off there somewhere and we study him, we learn him, we talk to him, pray to him. But we still try when it comes to living this life is that we just still get religious about it. We still get about the, the doing piece of it before a partnership has taken place. And, and we don't lean in, Lord, you bring it. Let your life. Jesus said his promise was streams of living water would flow through us to others. His life in us through us to others. If we would walk in him, that's an exchange life. It's a whole different perspective than just a mentality of, I need to learn some Bible, I need to go to church, I need to do this list of things, I need to do better, I need to try to stop doing this, rather than leaning in, Lord, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. Let your life come alive inside my soul. This is what it means to follow Jesus and to be in intimate communion uh, with God so uh, I think when we think of the exchange life you know when we exchange something in the world you know we, we buy something we go to exchange it well when we exchange it we get the same thing back that we exchanged right totally different with, with God and with salvation is we get something so far greater. We exchange our life. He says, come, if you're gonna follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, come follow me. We lay our life down and what we get in return is not just another life that's changed. It's an exchange life. We get the life of God, the resurrection power of God living inside us. And to walk with Jesus is learning how to harness that, learning how to be in fellowship right with God from the inside out, and it's a radical, it's a complete, that's why Jesus says you must be born again. It's a new life. It's a different life. It's not just tagging on some philosophy, right? Some new thing I'm trying out with Jesus. It is a whole new radical life. And I believe today we have many in the church who've come to Jesus simply as as helping them with certain areas and and they haven't really understood the fullness of what it means to confess him and for him to be the Lord and the Savior, right, of their of their life. And so I have just a couple things here in my notes I want to read just to talk about this exchange life. I just wrote some things down when when I think about wow what, what I have laid down and what God has given me. His love, not my attempts at love. It's an exchange life. And we all know what it's like to just attempt at love under our own flesh. It doesn't go well. And and mankind is, we we only can go so far in our love, but what he's given, he's given us his love to be burning in our heart that we might love as he loved. Uh, He's given us his light, not my darkness, his light. I've laid my darkness down and I have the light of God inside me. His resurrection, not my fear of death, right? Uh, the, the, in exchange, laying my fear down, even especially in times like this, in exchanging that for the resurrection life, Jesus, you you conquered death. that I might not be under the bondage of fear any longer, but walk with you and let that life, let that truth really just permeate inside me. His righteousness, not my self-righteousness, remember he imputed he granted us his righteousness and there was right standing before god because he lived a perfect life he died on the cross a perfect sacrifice things we could never do and he grants those to us he closes us puts his clothes on us of righteousness that we can stand before god blameless that is promise for you who confess his name we just have to lay hold of that and live his life, right, live within us. His eternal life, not my life expectancy. He exchanges his eternal life for my life expectancy. So it's an interesting question. Um, if you're asked, what is your life expectancy? How do you answer? Well, you know, from a medical standpoint, we all say, well, my life expectancy, I think it's about 75 right now for a, a male in America. Um, and here's the, here's the deal. When we confess Jesus, how I answer that question, my life expenses should radically change. It's no longer 75. Is Oh, that might be how long, if I live to full life, that uh, I might be on this physical earth, but life, eternal life, the blessing that God gives us, the, the exchange that takes place is a radical new perspective on life itself is that after this life, real life begins. Eternal life takes off. God gives us a new body for all eternity, Our life expectancy as followers of Jesus is eternity. And that is our perspective, right, that we should be living under in this exchanged life. His mercy, not my condemnation. Beautiful. His acceptance, not my guilt. There's a full exchange here. His joy, not my happiness. And folks, especially in these times, I mean, everything's being right, cut from, uh, the rug pulled out from under us, our idols, our things that make us happy, you just go down the list, sports, money, vacations, gathering together, parties, et cetera, et cetera. What, where is the source of joy? It is only God, and he grants us that rock solid joy um, instead of just our very temporal, very superficial happiness. His mission, not my big plans. No matter how big my plans are. You know what he exchanges? He exchanges his mission, something that's eternal, something that's worth living and dying for. That's what God gives us. That's the exchange that takes place. And I need to learn to let him take my dreams before him and let him come bring his mission, his purpose for my life. Finally, his grace, not my sin and good works. His grace. There's nothing like it. No one in all of history has brought grace to mankind, but Jesus and uh, what an incredible exchange remember grace is undeserved favor that means we don't deserve it the exchanges our faith are receiving as children his pouring out upon us the abundant blessings of his grace so remember the life that Jesus calls us to because of his death his burial his resurrection it's not just a changed life that he offers us it's an exchanged life that Jesus offers us so, Let's read on the final final point here. Let me pick up verse 27. And she said, Martha said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here. He's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. And now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And so the Jesus said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Always skeptics. And then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister, uh, and Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there'll be an odor for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said these on account of the people standing here that, are, that may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! and the man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth and Jesus said to them unbind him and let him go and this brings us to the last of our points of helping us understand what this exchange life life's all about is get rid of the grave clothes For us to live in this exchange life is we have to have eyes open to the grave clothes, the things that are of the old life, the things that bind us up, keep us stumbling and dragging through this life where we are not able to be free before God and used freely by God, right, to bring freedom, right, to other people. This word where it says deeply moved, when it says Jesus was deeply moved again, when he stood at the, at the, the, the opening of the tomb with the stone rolled away and was waiting to call out loud. It says he was deeply moved. That word actually means, it said he already was weeping. But that word actually is a word of anger. It means that he was absolutely, he had it with the consequence of death and destruction and darkness in this world. Death is not natural. If you think death is a natural part of life, then death has a hold on you. You've bought the lie. We all know deep inside us, every child, every loved, you know, loving community, we know death is not natural. We know that it is, there's got to be something more. We have naturally hope that rises up and says, you know, we use that language forever. Well, where did that come from? What do we mean by forever? Death is not natural. And Jesus, seeing the consequences of a fallen world, seeing how we all in our own way have rejected God, gone our way, and seeing the fallenness, the consequences of death and destruction in this world, Is he was angry? He was angry at at the 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 bondage that was put upon his people, and it was a a loving anger. For in this, he wanted to call out. It's a beautiful picture of him calling out the power over death itself, in calling Lazarus out uh, of the grave. And so, folks, I want to do two things in closing. I want to pray. Uh, for for two folks this morning. First, I want to pray, if you're out there watching and you're listening on this Easter Sunday and you have never... Um Receive jesus you've never confessed him as your lord and savior oh maybe you've been in church maybe you thought you've been a a christian uh, in your life but you can never really tie it to one time where you really prayed you asked jesus and and you you nailed it down with your heart that you're certain that you want his life you want his resurrection power that exchange your life for the life of god inside your soul i want to pray with you uh, right now and if you'll just follow me I'm um, a simple prayer uh, this morning uh, and, and receive him receive his goodness just make this clear realize he loves you and he wants to exchange his life for your death for your fear for your sin for your darkness pray with me father i thank you lord for your goodness on this easter sunday I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I'm lost. I recognize, Lord, that I am separated from you, Lord. I can't make sense out of death. I'm under the bondage of fear and death. Lord, I confess that before you. And Jesus, I recognize I cannot be saved by any good works, any amount of religion, I realize it comes by grace alone, and I receive that now. I confess you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior in my life. Come, Jesus, put your life in my soul. I exchanged my old life, who I was, who I used to be, for who I am meant to be in you and who I will become. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, please let us know. Text in, Brian, let us know at the church. We want to journey with you. We want to get you a Bible. We want to get you walking in that exchanged life into the fullness of abundance that God has for you. Please reach out to us and let us know so we can journey with you. I, I next want to just pray for anyone out there, this, this idea of getting rid of the grave clothes. Folks, it's a beautiful picture. Jesus says now to those around, take off help him get unbound. That's a message for the church. The ministry of the church in the family of God is to be a part of encouraging each other, of unbinding each other from the old clothes, the old way of life, the old things that bind us up, the old sins, the addictions, the problems, and getting free from those that we might walk in full freedom. That is what God says about his church, is we're to be in the business of helping each other get set free. And today in America, we have way too many people who claim The name Jesus, who have answered the call of come out of the tomb, come out of that dark life, come into newness of life towards Jesus as He called you, but who are still hobbling around with grave clothes, with 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 entanglements and bondage from the past. And so, I want to pray for you here this morning. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I pray the power of God would hit you this morning, and that His love, His mercy, and His grace would overwhelm you this morning. And uh, I just pray that you would see afresh anew the exchanged life, the life that Jesus wants to come and live inside you. So pray with me, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's by your authority, Jesus, by your power over death itself. If you defeated the power of death, if you defeated the power of sin, there's nothing that's binding my life right now that cannot be set free and, and broken off. And Jesus, I lift up, whatever it is, cry out to him right now. Whatever the issue is in your life that's holding you back, cry out to him. And Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit, your power, the resurrection power, would just, I ask for it to flood over your people. Set them free, Lord. Put your life inside their soul. Don't just change them, God. Exchange your life into their life, Lord, for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name amen amen again if you've prayed that prayer if you have a testimony for us we'd love to hear it we want a journey with you we want to get help and resources and a growing community this is we need to be a part of helping each other in the church getting unbound from those grave clothes right to be set free to live this awesome resurrection life that god has has given us so the final thing is i want to call all of the church to some practical uh, steps here this easter And so I would ask every one of us, everybody watching here this morning, I ask you to take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 minutes today, get alone, get your phone with you, put it on video, flip it around, and I ask you to take some time and answer this question, what does the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus mean to you? What does Jesus mean to you? And just think about that. Make it from your heart. Make it very personal. 30 seconds to 60 seconds. And in video yourself, just answering that question, what does the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus mean to me? And record that as a short little video. And then I ask you to share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Uh, Tonight, uh, as our family eats Easter dinner together, we all today are going to be sending to our little family text stream each other's little video. And we're going to celebrate watching each other's video tonight about what Jesus means to us. And then I'd secondly ask you to uh, pray. Ask God would show you someone who you need to send that to. This is the way we get the light out. This is where we learn to share our faith. This is just a little principle of of taking Easter and getting practical with it, of sharing the goodness of God and also remembering. And, And folks, I think as a father, as a parent, wow, what a joy to have a little 30, 60 minute little video on your phone of your children proclaiming what Jesus means to them. What an awesome opportunity. So I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll take advantage of that this afternoon, and let's see, and send them in to us, we'd love to play more in the weeks ahead, we'd love to send them to us, to encourage us,
1: it would be really awesome, so, Brian, you got anything there for us, anything to pray for? Yeah, we got two that came in, Uh, the first, uh, going back to your life expectancy, um, we had Martin... Um, Texted in and said His mom is 99 years old Which is amazing Wow! But he just wanted to lift her up And uh, yeah. pray that the Lord Give her patience and peace During this hard time Yeah, fantastic Martin Why don't you pray? Pray for Maria. Martins boy. That'd be great uh, Heavenly Father, God we, yeah. oh, we thank you so much For uh, the reason we get to celebrate today That you are, yeah. you rose from the dead and That you are alive That we get to relationship with you, Lord I uh, <clears throat> pray that Like what Steve was talking about An exchanged life that we're not just living life with the expectancy that one day it'd be over. Lord, that we want an eternal life with you. Lord, I lift up uh, Martina and Maria, his mom Maria. Uh, Lord, I thank you so much for 99 wonderful years. Lord, I pray just for peace and patience for her as she's uh, navigating, as we're all navigating these tough times. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just pray that You we would lift them up, that family up, uh, that they get clarity and peace from you, God. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do you have some else, and then uh, we had Stokey family in Miami. Uh, they shout know, out to Miami. Yep, I know. We've mm-hmm. across the country. Um, they run a, a family uh, camp type deal, and you know, just kind of for everyone who's has plans for the summer that they would be able to execute those plans. Cause yeah. It's so uncertain, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me pray for that because so many have uh, summer
0: plans that are you know they're dependent on for their livelihood. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would stretch out your hand, that you would put to death this virus, God, Lord, that you'd release uh, our nation as well as other nations. And Lord, for those who are uh, in certain times, just pray for a special blessing, Lord, uh, this summer. I pray, for a, I pray for a miraculous, Lord, opening. Lord, this summer, and not just an opening of our economy, an opening of work. Lord, more importantly, I pray for an opening of hearts. Lord, that would go with that. Lord, a greater trusting in you and your goodness. We just thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, remember, the life that Jesus calls us to, it is more than a changed life. It's an exchange life. And he wants to live right inside us. So let's let Jesus live inside us this season. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.